Kia ora and welcome to the Snell's Beach Baptist Church Podcast. We hope that you enjoy this episode and pray that God will bless you abundantly. For more information about our church, please visit our website, sbbchurch.nz or follow at sbbchurch on Facebook or Instagram. Kia ora everyone. We're the McLeod family, coming to you all the way from Algies Bay. My name is Jono. My name's Zoe and I'm eight. My name's Ellie and I'm six. My, my name's Sarah and I'm three. And I'm Destiny. And uh, though we're disappointed we can't be there with you in person, we hope you enjoy this little video of what we've been up to for the last six years in South Sudan. <laughs> We serve with Indeed and Truth Ministries in South Sudan, in a town called Tonj. Jono and I are both doctors. Jono is the medical director and oversees the paediatric program, and I oversee the maternity program. We lead a small team of doctors, nurses, midwives, and health assistants to provide outca- outpatient care for about 40 to 50,000 outpatients per year. We have a 25-bed inpatient unit, and we care for some pretty sick mothers, children, and babies. Our eldest two girls go part-time to a local school in Tonj, and Shiloh has decided to skip school altogether and go straight into the medical profession. So you might be wondering, how did an ordinary Kiwi family end up living in a war-ravaged country like South Sudan? Well, the cafes are amazing, beaches are divine, social life is buzzing, pays through the roof. No. Believe it or not, we didn't move there for the lifestyle. Our journey to South Sudan started as little kids. Growing up, my friends dreamed of scoring the winning try in the Rugby World Cup final. And I dreamed of helping kids in Africa. Destiny has it in her DNA, with both her mother and grandparents all missionary doctors serving the poor in Papua New Guinea. So mission was our reason for studying hard at school. Mission was our reason for training to be doctors. And finally, 20 years after God first put the dream in our hearts, we were able to do our first term as medical missionaries in 2012 in Kenya. While we were in Kenya, we heard about the incredible suffering of the South Sudanese people, and we did some research. What we found out absolutely broke our hearts. South Sudan is the world's youngest country. It won its independence from Sudan in the north in 2011. After 30 years of civil war, with over a million people losing their lives, and another million, mostly women and children, taken as slaves. During the war, the government in Sudan blocked all education in the south. And as a result, South Sudan was left with only 120 doctors and 100 nurses caring for 12 million people. To put that in perspective, New Zealand has almost 14,000 doctors caring for 5 million people. As you can imagine, the health statistics are appalling. With 1 in 10 children dying before their 5th birthday, 1 in 10 women dying of childbirth related complications, and one in three children suffering from malnutrition. South Sudan tribes are some of the tallest people groups in the world and have beautiful dark skin and radiant smiles. 
Many refugees to the USA became NBA stars because they were so tall. As you can see, after six years of living in South Sudan, I'm finally starting to blend in with the locals. So while we're in Kenya, we embarked on a one-week trip to South Sudan and immediately sensed that this was the place that God had prepared for us. We came back to New Zealand to have our second child, Ellie, and prepare for the big move. But one small problem. While we're back in New Zealand, civil war broke out again in South Sudan. There comes a time in everyone's faith journey when we're faced with the question, what price am I willing to pay to follow Jesus? This was definitely one of those times for us. We were taking our two precious kids to an active war zone, and Ellie was just a newborn baby. Friends started sending us articles about horrific massacres and war, and we went through a month of, a, of wrestling with God. We didn't mind dying, but what about our kids? There were lots of tears, but at the end of the month we had a deep peace that our children belong to God, and He loved them even more than we did. And that peace has stayed with us right through our the past six years in South Sudan. Twice we've been caught in gunfights with AK-47s, machine guns and tanks firing up a storm just a few hundred meters away, but both times we've felt God's absolute peace. We decided that we were willing to pay any price to follow Jesus and to take his love to the people of South Sudan. So in May 2014, we flew off with our young family. But first of all, we stopped in Papua New Guinea. PNG was incredible. We saw miracles. We saw a young man set free of demon possession. We had adventures doing outreaches in the swamp. We saw people come to Jesus. And just before we left, we had a powerful word of prophecy from a visiting missionary. His word was from Isaiah 43. And especially at the start, where God says, When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. And then the second part of the prophecy was verses 19 to 21, which talk about God bringing streams of water in the wasteland. The missionary went on to say that the streams of water represented God's Holy Spirit, and that we were going to see a mighty move of God's Holy Spirit. We were going to see revival in South Sudan. Wow, we were so excited. Here we were after 20 years of dreaming about to finally move to South Sudan as missionaries. And then we get this prophecy about revival. Well, more on that later. But we believe we're finally starting to see the second part of the prophecy being fulfilled. But first of all, was the part of the prophecy I hadn't paid much attention to. The part about walking through deep waters and through the fire. So, we arrived in Tonge and went straight into the deep waters. On one hand, we immediately began to fall in love with the people. They have harsh exteriors from living through war, displacement, famine and loss. 
but underneath there's a warmth and beauty that captured our hearts. We also saw huge potential in the place that God sent us to. It fitted our medical skill sets perfectly and there was huge medical need. And even more excitingly, there were unreached people everywhere. You didn't need to go more than half an hour from town to find whole villages of people who'd never heard about Jesus. We saw that this really was the place where God had been preparing us to go up until this point. But, like the Israelites entering their promised land, our entry came with one battle after another. Physical, relational, emotional and spiritual. So the medical program had started from the ground up and it lacked structure. This was the clinic when we arrived. The nurses who ran it, who were not South Sudanese, resented our being brought in as leaders. There was tension in the clinic and in the compound and we felt unable to make any positive changes because the ministry leaders were not there during our first two years. We felt overwhelmed by the needs and the lack of staff and for some time we lived with one of us on call every night after working through the days. We dealt with medical situations which we didn't have the experience or the resources to handle. Our little baby Alicia was unsettled and at times we felt like Satan was attacking her to discourage us. She got burned with hot water once and four times we found scorpions inside her cot when we never found any anywhere else inside our house. Our kids and us had repeated episodes of diarrhea. We lived in a concrete room with no running water and unreliable power in 30 to 45 degree heat. Our room was neither scorpion nor snake proof and apparently not lizard proof either. Jono found this under our bed. On top of this, we inadvertently made ourselves enemies of the state as the Ministry of Health took offence to our request for supplies and summoned us to meetings where we were threatened with being kicked out of the country. We found this time really hard and I personally struggled against the enemy's lies of condemnation and inadequacy. We tell you this to balance out what we're going to say about the breakthroughs that came later. And also to tell you this, we know that it's true that God's power is made perfect in our weakness. During those first two years, we felt God's presence in our lives like never before. And we also saw fruit. Every day, people would come to Christ through the love shown to them, through medicine and the gospel shared with them by our clinic chaplains. We also never considered giving up. It was hard, but the call was stronger, and we knew beyond a doubt that this was where we were supposed to be. God's presence and grace sustained us. So Isaiah 43 verses 3 and 4 were an accurate prophecy of our first few years in South Sudan. We passed through the fire and it was really hard. It was only God's grace that sustained us and strengthened us each day. Despite the pain and exhaustion of the first few years in South Sudan, they were also years of incredible intimacy with Jesus. We'd get up early each morning to worship God under the stars, and so often I'd be weeping as His presence felt so near. We experienced firsthand the promise in Psalm 34:18 that says, The Lord is near to the brokenhearted. God allowed us to go through a season of suffering where we were absolutely pushed to our limits. 
and in the fire he strengthened and he grew us. Then one by one, after we had suffered a while, we experienced breakthrough in the challenges we were facing. 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 10 says, And then, after you have suffered a while, the God of loving grace will powerfully restore you and make you stronger than ever. So, first, Destiny's dad packed a container load of building supplies in New Zealand, then flew 15,000 kilometers around the world to come and build us a family home in Tonge. Having a bit of space to be together as a family was a game changer for us. Next, the, the two staff from Kenya that we'd struggled with um, left, and all of a sudden we had a beautiful harmony and unity in our team. Where we had dreaded staff meetings, now there were times of deep fellowship with our South Sudanese staff, where we'd share testimonies and pray for each other. The Cooge family, who founded Indeed in Truth Ministries, came back from America after completing adoption paperwork for their niece. So now we had missionary fellowship on the compound. Another breakthrough came with the Ministry of Health. We had a misunderstanding with someone high up in the office over mosquito nets, and they had threatened to us that we could be kicked out of the country. But after the prayers of our prayer warriors back here in New Zealand, the Minister of Health himself ended up coming to Tom shortly after, and he absolutely fell in love with our ministry. He took photos of our kids to put on his Facebook page, and he had TV cameras from him and went on national TV that night, putting his arm around me saying, this is my friend Dr. Jono. And he told the whole country what an amazing job we're doing. So overnight, thanks to the prayers of our team back home, we went from Ministry of Health villains being threatened to heroes. (laughs) And it was so awesome to see God answering that prayer. Uh, This here is a photo of the Minister of Health hugging my dad on the opening ceremony of our new inpatient unit. In addition, the students that our ministry had sponsored for university started coming back from their training, so we no longer needed to be on call every night and every weekend. We started to catch up on sleep. We had more time to spend with our kids. And having these guys come back from university also gave me more time to invest into CHE, uh, which is a program I'm really passionate about out in the villages. I just want to encourage anyone today who's going through a challenging season that it will not last forever. Psalm 30 verse 5 has been a great encouragement to us in the tough times. There may be pain in the night, but joy comes in the morning. So, by 2018, we were definitely in a new season, and so, so grateful. But still, something in our hearts hungered for more. Over the years, we've had many words spoken over us about revival, many pictures given to us of God's life-giving water beginning as a trickle and gaining momentum and becoming a stream and eventually a flood covering a dry and thirsty land. We were seeing the trickle, but when would we see the flood? things still seemed a bit dry. In fact, we were going through a season of a lack of miracles. It's normal in our hospital for children on the brink of death to live. 
We're full of hope for hopeless cases because we regularly see God move in them. Curses are broken off in our hospital, but in this season, we weren't seeing it. We would pray and the child would die. We would rebuke the power of the curse and it would still happen. We realized we needed to pray, really pray. But who can muster up the time, energy, and passion to pray like that with all the other things we were doing? The result was a heart cry that went up from us to God. God, teach us how to pray. We realize we don't know how. We know we're lacking and we need your help. And we can't turn this tide alone, God. Give others in our team a passion to pray also. Give us all a hunger to see what you can do in this place. Well, over the last two years, God has been answering this prayer. He infused us with a desire to pray and a love of prayer, a willingness to fast. He united our team with teaching after teaching on prayer. Prayer meetings sprang up and a spirit of humility and repentance gripped our church. As a church, we began to study the book of Acts and cry out for the same movement of the Holy Spirit to happen in Tonj. And again, God responded. He does when his people pray. He responded by exposing and removing sin from within our ministry. As this happened, we felt the dark cloud pass from on top of the ministry and we saw miracles begin to happen again. This is just one example. This baby is named Athea. Athea's mum had lost a number of babies and came to our clinic in premature breech labour, desperate for her baby to live. The labour was difficult. The resuscitation was long. But Athea lived. Athea was dependent on oxygen for her breathing and she couldn't breastfeed and there were suspicions of chromosomal abnormalities. The prognosis wasn't good and usually in this kind of circumstance the mothers come under huge pressure from their families to take the baby away from hospital to the witch doctor. Well Athea's mum stayed and our hospital chaplain evangelists shared with her and encouraged her each day. They noticed that she wore charms around her neck and encouraged her to remove them. But she wasn't sure. She told the chaplains, If God heals my baby, I'll cut off my charms. It was a showdown. So we prayed. Every day we prayed for this precious baby. And she got better. She came off oxygen and the abnormalities that had seemed to be present before disappeared. Mama was so touched and overjoyed she cut off her charms and gave her life to Jesus. Athea left hospital healthy. Like I said, this is just one example, but I could tell stories like this for hours. Every week we're praising God for his love, compassion, and miraculous power shown to our patients. Our church grew. In fact, it tripled in size. We're now meeting under tarpaulins for shade. God is also using our prayers to reach where we cannot go. This man's name is Santino. He is a chief of his village, Pagol. Like many chiefs, he was opposed to the gospel and was deeply entrenched in spirit worship and sacrifice. But some of our staff are from his village and were praying for him and for their home area. Late last year, Santino was given a solar Bible and listened to the gospel on it. He walked the long journey from his village and turned up in our compound one morning to tell us the news that he and his family had turned to Christ and been baptized, and to request that we give him some more solar Bibles 
as he wanted to call together all the chiefs in his region to share the gospel with them. After arriving back in New Zealand in January, we got this text message from one of our hospital pastors. I inform you that your solar Bibles, where you gave them to the chief called Santino Beat Mabior from Pagol, was doing good things from Pagol County right now, chief was brought 730 new believers before Christmas, and during Christmas was brought 305 new believers. Total, 1,035 new believers, including another chief called Luol Mua from the area called Mayen Loj village, and he continued, now that is the hand of God in Pagol. Amen, and that is the Spirit of God moving in South Sudan. And now we really want to encourage you guys this morning. Spending time in New Zealand has reminded us again that this really is a challenging mission field. The spiritual opposition is real and many hearts are closed. But God has amazing plans for the Maharangi region. He is seeking the lost. He wants streams of living water to flow out of his people and his church and to nourish the dry ground in Aotearoa. But apart from him, we can do nothing. We need to pray and fast. We need to seek his face. We need to cry out in humility and repentance for God to heal this land. We need his Holy Spirit to come in power and do what only he can do. Well, I hope you all enjoyed hearing our journey of mission work in South Sudan. And now let's close with a prayer. Father, we just want to thank you that you are the God of every nation. You're the God of every tribe. You passionately love every city, every town, every people group, every language on the face of the planet. And you gave your son that every one of us might spend eternal life with you. And Lord, we just want to lift up before you this morning, the nation of South Sudan. Lord, you've seen the suffering, the pain, the heartache of that nation. And we just ask you, Lord, to pour out your Holy Spirit on South Sudan. We just pray that you'll bring, bring streams of living water in the wasteland. We pray for that you'll bring unity between the different tribal groups. We pray you'd bring an end to all fighting. We pray for every child who's going hungry today, that you would provide the food they need, Lord God. But more than anything else, we pray that your glory would come in South Sudan, that there would be a mighty move of your Holy Spirit, and that every heart in South Sudan would turn to you. We pray that instead of mourning, you will give them the oil of gladness, Lord God. And we pray for our own region of Maharangi, Lord God. Our region is precious to you as well. Our region desperately needs you as well, Lord God. And we just pray that your spirit would be moving powerfully here. We pray that you would anoint us to be intercessors, Lord God, for our neighbors, for our town, for our region. We pray that there will be an outbreak of your miraculous power. Lord, that when we lay hands on the sick, we would see miracles of healing. We pray that you'll be stirring hearts. We pray that prodigal sons and daughters would be turning back to you, Lord God. And we pray for revival in the Maharingi region. 
We pray for revival in Aotearoa. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Kia and thank you for listening to the latest episode from Snell's Beach Baptist Church Podcast. If you would like to watch the full service for this podcast, please go to our website, www.sbbchurch.nz services. May the Lord bless you and keep you safe this week. Kia ora whanau.